Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The Custard TV Podcast. Hello, Luke here, editor and runner of the website, that being thecustardtv.com. Gary's in the London area. Greetings, people. Matt's in the north. As a, yes, I am. I wasn't <laughs> checking passports, I was just, this is the intro we always do. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded Maybe really you change suspicious. It up every so often, you know. Are you in the north, Matt? You know. <laughs> that sounded like he didn't know where he was supposed to be. <laughs> Did Gary go the extra mile and get the diabetic Easter egg? No. Oh, that's about as anticlimactic as a show we're about to talk about. I know. Did you not um, uh, have any Easter eggs then? No, but I wasn't bothered by that. I didn't really need the chocolate. Okay. There was there was meals. There was a lovely a lovely Italian meal that was very nice. Jesus died so you could have that chocolate. <sighs> yeah, and it's yeah. quite insensitive having an Italian meal after what the Romans did to him. <laughs> Luke. Hey everybody, here's our staff. Gary. I've never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. Talking telly. Try it. Just for one week. Just try the program for one week. This is the Custard TV Podcast. So we'll just jump in to the reviews with Matt, where Matt says... Hello. Oh, I love the <laughs> girl! <That's laughs> He's killing me! Let's address the elephant in the room. Hello. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then talk about Broadchurch. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, it was the last episode of Broadchurch. Hopefully ever. Fingers crossed, guys. The reveal was that the uh, rapist of, certainly of Trish Winterman, was, as I predicted quite rightly last You did. Week. Did I edit yes. you out? I don't know. But you definitely said it. Yeah, no, no. You remember. did edit me out. Okay. Um, uh, the, the stepson of the taxi driver, Michael... Mm-hmm. The reason Matt is struggling to remember his name is because he was such a minor character we never saw for seven episodes. To be fair, the the main sort of instigator and perpetrator of the other uh, sexual attacks was Leo Humphreys, the um, rope shop owner. Basically, that is what happened. That was the reveal. What did we think, lads? I think Chris Chibnall needs to have a brain cleanse because he's clearly been to a few dark places to come up with that twisted mess. Um, hang on, hang on. I genuinely don't know whether that's a positive or a negative. It's as if he thought, what's the worst possible way we can do this? And then went for that. Hang on, I still so... don't know whether that's positive or negative. <laughs> well, no, I think, it, I think, I think you like it, Gary. Yes or no? <laughs> 
Yes, I thought the reveal was interesting. Did I like it? No, I felt uncomfortable. But that sometimes makes good yeah, television. This is weird for me. In defence of Broadchurch and the reveal in general, I sort of get where he's coming from. And uh, again, like t- some of the points that uh, Tina made last week yeah. uh, about, uh, you know, separating the sort of violent act of rape from the sexual act. That's what the reveal was that Leo... You know, his response was, they've had sex before, it's just sex, you know, um, and not seeing it as a violent crime and not being able to separate the two. I think that goes to the thing that we were saying last week, that we like the actual themes of the how they're dealing with rape and how they're dealing with sexual abuse and how they're dealing with the victims of sexual abuse, as we saw with Trish and, um, was it Laura Benson, mm-hmm. the other victim? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how they how they've portrayed them and i i think chris chibnall has done a really good job all of that has been well researched but it's all the other as all we said the other week, guff in the rubbish. middle yeah because I, I think i, I, I did was... like the reveal to an extent that it was the leo character instigating it i didn't like the oh it's a twist you know he's been grooming michael it felt like the sensationalist bit of the let's guess who the rapist is that like the mm-hmm. who done it, and I think Luke, you said this in your initial review about I how you felt do. uncomfortable about how it's guessing who raped guessing. a person. And I think I feel like the Leo stuff worked because he's this character who doesn't understand the difference between abusing a woman and having sex with a woman. But the Michael stuff felt like it was part of a the who done it. Let's guess. Let's wrong foot the audience like we did with. Um, Joe Miller back in series one. I, I think the one thing that stuck with me the most, but there was the scene where um, Olivia Coleman and David Tennant are sitting on the park bench by the beach. And, and suddenly they go, oh, hold on. That boy was one of the ones that were taking pictures of my daughter. Oh, hold on. That boy was the one who'd been leading my son astray. Those are serious damn things that you've just uncovered. And it was like, oh, should we go to the pub now? Those yeah. are things. Now, this whole series has been built on this kind of, as you say, whether you liked it or not, this anger. And now you've genuinely got something to be angry about, and it's, oh, let's go to the pub. And, and to your point there, Gary, I don't think they picked up on enough is the fact that he has been hanging around with Tom. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, Ellie, Olivia Combs' character, would be flying off the handle, like, you know, yeah. this is your friend who's been doing... And that never happened, and I thought there yeah. was the whole story to be told about how she was worried already that he was turning out like his dad and yeah. now he's hanging around with this and, guy who's and obviously Fish, been and, and I got think had they have not gone for the do. suicide thing they probably would have explored that but as you guys said so well last week Mark, Mark Latimer, Latimer attempted suicide took took so much away mm. that it, it got in the way of things that could and have been done and he's just better. left now Mark Latimer yeah. I wish you'd just done that a few episodes ago. It would have been a lot happier. If you were a new viewer and you just wanted to see what all the fuss is about, blah, 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 you could have watched last night's and not had a clue what had gone before and not missed a thing. The majority... (laughs) No, the audience that stayed with it from Series 1 or from Episode 1 of this series was not really considered at all. There were so many red herrings, so many things that didn't need to be there, so many people that didn't need to Uh, be there. Jim Howick. Yes, Jim Howick, what was he all about? <laughs> In fact, until you just said that, I'd completely forgotten he even existed. And then you got the really smaltzy bit at the end with all the family sitting around, and then the bit where, where um, the bloke from the far show, Charlie Higson, says, oh, shall I come round with the Chinese? It was the, all the, a the, bit too neat. And I appreciate that it's the final ever broad church, and I did say to someone on Facebook yesterday that I could see them coming back in a few years as a one-off, maybe, 
Um, but mm. only because I've got an interest in the two detectives would I ever want to see that. I think this is done, and that's it. Thank you very much. We, we might, we'll look back on it as a television event in the first year and a missed opportunity in years two and three, but I think better than probably you two had painted at the time. Oh, we had all the family over for Easter, and everybody was watching Broadchurch, and nobody was watching Line of Duty, and inside it made me angry. What a shame that everybody's watching Broadchurch and not enough are watching, or at least in that demo, in that yeah. pool of people. And I just thought, and I even asked somebody who watched Line of Duty, oh, no, 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 but isn't Broadchurch... I brilliant? thought there would be a big Venn diagram crossover between the two shows, but clearly... Generally, I know a few people who have started watching Line of Duty. Now it's on BBC One. Shall I go on to our correspondence that we've yeah, had? Yeah, we're going into Matt's mailbag. First, oh. twice today. Well, this is this was on actually the uh, a comment on the website under where Luke posted uh, last week's podcast. Another international uh, listener, Gary, in Australia. Woohoo! Good eye. Recently, I'll I'll try and uh, paraphrase a bit here. Um, he's saying about Broadchurch. It's showing that on a Friday after it's run in the UK on a Monday, which is interesting. Interesting. Um, Ruin the weekend for you. (laughs) Is that the time difference, do you think? And he starts with, oh, oh dearie me. It really is awfully written, isn't it? Unlike most people, I thought the first three or four episodes were quite good, and I was hopeful we had gotten over the festering garbage fire that was Series 2. The obsession with the sad sack Mark Latimer character dragged it down, and I found his apparent suicide actually pretty moving. But, of course, Chris Chibnall had to scratch that scab again, and so we got even more soggy scenes last night. This is obviously in Episode 7. Bad, bad writing, full stop. So sad that was once a good series has degenerated into such dross. I will watch next week to find out who done it, but really couldn't care less. Not surprising, this series of Broadchurch has lost around half the viewers over the previous series, and is only getting around 600,000 viewers, which is incredibly low. In Australia? Friday night show. Both Vera and Death in Paradise thrashed it in the ratings. Love listening to you guys to get the heads up for what's showing in the UK and is heading our way. I tell you what, the the, the people who comment on on the website or through Matt's email address they are wonderful it's great to hear from them they're also more eloquent writers than we are which pigs me off yeah. a lot Line of Duty now or, or should we go to yeah. Doctor Who no do Line yeah. of Duty because I think it, it, it's similar in its crime a confusing uh, episode for a lot of people who thought that um, I forgot Nick, Hunt- forgot. Nick Huntley Nick, Nick Huntley. Huntley Nick Huntley I was going to Lee Ingleby Nick Huntley He's got got an unfortunate surname when you think of it as well. Nick Huntley, now we don't know. Is he Dalaclava man? He certainly seems to be a bit sort of henpecked and, you know, there's abuse going on. He's overly emotional about something which Mm. he hasn't... I mean, okay, there was the fear that he might lose his job, but he's a lawyer. You should know. We were back to the old AC12 interviews. A 22-minute scene. Yeah. Starting off, though, first with uh, Luke getting a bit of a um, bodies reunion with Patrick Ballady. I uh, love oh, Patrick yeah. Ballady. Love him. Uh, as um, the uh, lawyer for Nick Huntley. His, they brought him in to accuse him of, Steve, of Steve's attack, but there's no like concrete evidence apart from that photo of Balaclava Man. And then we go into the massive, as Luke said, 22-minute interview where... Um, Luke, Luke, don't don't insert the whole twenty-two minutes in the oh, podcast, no. please. Oh damn it! Can I edit Where it Ted... down to my favourite two minutes? Possibly. Ted Hastings 
thought he had uh, Roz on the ropes, and then she fired back with a lot of information that she had got from Hilton, the um, ACC. The scene near the end with uh, Manit from AC12 giving Hilton the uh, file. Now, we are led to believe that she's the one who's been leaking the information to him that he then gave to Roz. But I've got a theory that that she and Hilton are both working with AC12 to like bring Roz down thinking that she he's on her side when really you know he's working with AC12 just because my my feeling for this is that his sort of protestations about wanting to bring AC12 down how how big for their boots there are were so sort of over the top I have no build up or anything that I can look at that I can remember that suggests that she is, has been any way unhappy with the treatment that she or anyone else has received at AC12. I appreciate but then that, there that, might but be then something that goes to, to my that goes to my. But cert- yes, it does go to yes, that certainly goes to your theory. But the the kind of broader theme that you're thinking is she's about to leave on maternity leave. She's she not happy not, with her package. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she's yeah, getting fewer weeks than she planned. <laughs> the, the implication is that she may not be happy either about her situation or Vicky McClure's situation on her behalf, but she's never even so much as had a cross word with any of the management. I know, where you, I know what you're saying with this, Gary, is that so, she's, a character, she's, a, she's a secondary character, really. I think that's part of the point, that she isn't a character you've thought about much, so no. then you start thinking about her when you see her in this dark alley with this vial. The other yeah. thing I liked about this episode was the, um, and again, it goes back to my thing about liking the little intricacies, is in both interviews where they had the new copper, Jamie, played by Royce Pearson, oh, yeah. fumbling with the files, not being able to get the video evidence on the screen, because that all felt so believable to me, because why would he? He's, you know, yeah. he's just started there. He's been thrown I, I, in. I think, I think now Ro- what Ros Huntley has done is she's made a rod for her own back. She's made enemies within AC12, and once <laughs> those two... Ella. Once those two get back into their mode, they will expose her. I, yeah. I don't know. I think she's undermined the whole investigation. No, she's gone for that. She's gone for the boss, and I don't think he—he's the tough guy, but he doesn't ever do any of the legwork. Speaking, we had people over, but weren't watching Line of Duty. Blah blah blah. Said that, but one of the people stayed the night, and I could not not watch the fourth episode on TV. My parents were ready, and they, she'd never seen it. Luckily, the you know, the previously online of duty is quite long. It takes up the majority of the Oh, film. yeah. By the end, we were all, including the person who hadn't seen it, completely chomping at the bit. That interview scene, the living room's never been so quiet. We were all just engrossed completely. That is exquisite writing, matched mm. with incredible yeah. performances that I don't think you can top. This is British drama at its best. If anyone asks me what is British drama and, and how would you personify it. it is it is the, the and, episode. And I think that once, episode was my favorite episode of line of duty for a long time mm. and i love the show anyway because we had the interviews got, back i just feel like whenever i switch this on and it starts on a sunday and whatever actually, happens just, however yeah. bonkers jed just just knows what he's doing and i've got such faith in him yeah uh, and that's just, why i'm saying although a, i don't like that little sideline i've got faith he'll draw it back in and that's why i quite like mike's Mike? Who's Mike? Like in the mechanic? That's why I quite yeah, like I got, Are they looking over your shoulder? <laughs> That's why I quite like Matt's theory, because that makes more sense to me than the idea that all of a sudden she's just anti-AC12. 
I thought this was the best episode that Tandy Newton's had so far. I thought oh, hell yeah, well, she was the star. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. We haven't said that for a long time. That's, that's a catchphrase oh, brought out for a long time. <laughs> the thing now is, have we got any idea who Balaclava Man might be? Are there several Balaclava Men? Are, we to Patrick <laughs> are they like the Blue Men group? <laughs> yeah. Are you I, saying that the Blue Man Group kidnapped women? I just want to be clear I, about that I, legally. I, yeah, uh, nerfs do. No, I, 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 think, I think the thing is, is that either Balaclava Man is irrelevant to um, what's gone on, or I think it is Nick Huntley. I think okay. it's probably Patrick Ballady, but I have no idea why. It's a problem for all these shows, The Missing, Broadchurch and all these. It's because TV has become such a talking point. We have a week to give out all these theories and... You don't. It it almost spoils it when you get to the end. Ten burning it? questions and oh yeah, <laughs> having Broadchurch and this on at exactly the same period of time, for me just yeah. highlights how poor of a writer Chris well, Chibnall is. We Be- we've Be- we've compared the two, haven't we? We've compared you can't the two. Not really, because they're both. Well, yeah. Well, ITV and BBC. The way they, I, as I said before, I think Chris Chibnall's a good storyteller, but his character development sucks, and I think that see that the ca- the intricacies of the characters and jed has pressed the reset button four times now with so well, many different once stories the line of duty's over jed can go and rock doctor who yeah talking of doctor who uh me and gary right. both watched it on saturday night gary uh will lead us through because he's the big doctor who fan i watch it sort of sporadically i sort of dropped off around the sort of robin hood episode with Maisie. Williams. oh yeah this was as close as you're gonna get to a reset episode for a series that's a long way in. Basically, uh, the Doctor, uh, following the, the adventures that he had in the last series, seems to have taken up a residency in a uh, university. Not really sure what he's teaching. Time, it appears. Uh, and Pearl, well, she did uh, say, did, she did well, bring he, up the fact that you've been... He, he doesn't stick to the topic, does yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been brought yeah. in to talk about, like, you assume it's some sort of science particle physics or something Absolutely, like that. yeah. And Bill um, was um, a canteen worker. She served the chips. What they did very carefully in this episode was, uh, for the time of day that it was shown, they were very clear that Bill was a lesbian, but they never mentioned the word lesbian, and they never did anything that would endanger the BBC. Can I I ask you a question on this? Because you mentioned it last week. Luke, I will be careful. Why do you think there is an issue with kids watching and dealing with homosexuality? Why is that? Why are those two things? Why should there be an issue? Because I think it's whether Doctor Who is the right way to do it. Doctor Who is a science fiction show. There Mm. could be an argument, and I've read this elsewhere, that says that if you're in a world of unreality, is that the right method to bring in something that as important as that? In other words, shouldn't you okay. be doing that in a more dramatic method where you can say about the issues, the consequences, the decisions? Whereas in Doctor Who, a lot of your decisions, consequences are, oh, well, it's a wibbly wobbly thing in space. Should it not just be a normal thing in 2017? Why should it be a big deal that she is a lesbian to begin with? Why should why can't she just be a woman who is gay? I know. That yeah, I think I think a because it's I Dr. think that's Burton. what they I, were going. Yeah. I think that's what they were going for. That it well, was that's just right. And I, think they, I personally think they dealt with it very well. Yeah. But, but that's how they should have dealt with it. Don't get me confused. You're yeah. not going to get a lesbian kiss in Doctor Who in 2017. No, but what on I'm, the BBC what, at seven o'clock at BBC at seven o'clock at night. What I'm saying is that's how they they should have dealt with it because it shouldn't be a big thing. It should just be she 
she's a young I... girl who is a lesbian, and that's how I think they, they dealt with it, and that's how it should be. She's just a character who... And yeah. I mean, you had you had John Barrowman before, and he his character was gay. Oh, absolutely, so... but that was that was that was born out of Torchwood, which no, hurt. it's the other he way around. He came first. Well, yeah, but I don't I don't know how much of an ambiguous character he was in Doctor Who. I can't remember, so I can't. It's comment. John Barrowman. Yes, I know. John Barrowman doesn't do ambiguous. <laughs> anyway, the plot anyway, of the first anyway, episode go. was that Bill was struggling to make friends uh, and uh, was drawn to this one particular. Vernon, 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 the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. Vernonheating.com Girl... And this girl sort of rather surprisingly just sort of took her to a, an area in the university where she'd found this puddle. Now, what was weird was that it hadn't been raining and there was just this kind of big black kind of, you know, sort of puddle in the middle of a playground. And, and she kept saying, if you look in, you don't see yourself. You don't see your face. <laughs> she was affected by the puddle. Bill was Bill was kind of intrigued, but this girl was affected by the puddle. As you say, she had something wrong with her eye. I don't know whether that was something... After she'd looked in the puddle, like before an the ocular, puddle. ocular degeneration or something that, that meant is it, she had yeah. like a star in her eye. So Bill went to the doctor, the doctor analysed what's going on, and it's straight into the TARDIS and straight to various points in time and history. And I think Bill, out of the most recent assistants that I can remember, seemed to deal with this the most calmly. What you did mention is that Matt Lucas is still tagging along as well. Oh, yeah, well, he was a bit part in this one. Yeah, so but he, was, he came with them, didn't he? And he was doing the whole. Here we go. It's happening now. You know, she's yeah. quicking. Um, he was almost like our proxy in this episode. I a little bit. Was. I did like the toilet joke as well. I wouldn't go in there for a few bits. I did like that. I thought that was quite humorous. Yeah. And, and eventually uh, it was because Bill had said the lines that, you know, I'd like to get together with you later or see you again, that this alien was following her. And they went, you know, to Australia. They went forward in time. They went back in time to try and find out where, you know, how quickly they were following Overall, I think the writing was crisp. I thought it was good. I have got some comments. So, so thank you very much for Pablo Bonzo, uh, who's commented. He comes to us via the uh, uh, food, food to Watch Films by podcast, which you can find on iTunes. He <laughs> said, really like the pilot. Seems like they were trying to win back some old fans and bring in some new ones, which I agree with. And he also said that he thought who was starting to get was starting to get lost in being self-referential. Now, I think that might relate back to some of the things about Stephen Moffat and his other work in Sherlock, where we all agreed that that was becoming self-referential. There's always a danger of that with Doctor Who, I think, because there is such a big, pun not intended, universe to go with. So I think, you know, I, I think that's important. I have to say I was a little bit bored by it. Um, okay. Wasn't really invested in it all that much. I liked Pearl Mackie. I thought she did... She she was a sort of breath of fresh air. Unfortunately, I've not really warmed to Capaldi much. I thought he and he and Jenna Coleman were good together. The last two Christmas specials I've watched, I thought they were all right. We didn't like the last Christmas special at all. Um, no. And there's, I just I was just a bit bored, but I was doing other things. I mean, I turned over when it was on. I started watching it on the telly with my mum, who'd fallen asleep at the time. When she woke up, we decided to turn it over and watch. Uh, 
take me out for a bit before Britain's Got Talent started. And then they caught the rest of it on the iPlayer. We should discuss the rumour that uh, Chris Marshall, it looks like he might be... Well, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of rumours. Uh, Chris Marshall, <laughs> uh, I'd give him a chance, but I don't know. I feel we're going to get a younger Doctor. Because I think when you're going to start, and obviously we, we don't know whether Paul Mackey is sticking around, so we don't know if we're going to get. Say, the, Gary, Chris Marshall's your age. Would you say? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah but he's certainly young. younger than he's certainly younger than Peter Capaldi. Yeah, and he's, he's not as young. He's younger, he's, he's younger looking than me. <laughs> Everybody, why are we doing like yeah, you so much? For God's sake! Okay, Matt mentioned it, not me. Doctor Luke, would there be anyone who'd get you watching Doctor Who? No, I mean, even listen to you describe it, it's hard for me to stay. Maybe, awake. maybe, maybe Chris Chibnall should be the next Doctor Who. You know, oh, then he can just write for himself. No. So uh, moving on now to something that I put as my uh, pick of the week last week uh, before watching it, which might have been a mistake, uh, was uh, Born to Kill, which is a new four-part. Is that right? Yes, yeah. Please, please talk like that throughout. (laughs) It's got people in it. People in it. (laughs) Uh, I thought it was four parts. Um, (laughs) Written by some people, uh, Tracy Malone and Kate Ashfield's. Uh, stars, actually in the lead role, a newcomer by the name of Jack Rowan. He plays Sam, a 16-year-old, quite charismatic. Uh, First thing you see of him is him topless talking into a mirror about his dad dying in Afghanistan. That's how my biopic would start. (laughs) As you could tell from the title, it's quite an obvious title, I would say, Luke, Born to Kill. Yes. It sort of sets you up for certain expectations. Um He's uh, being raised by a single mum, played, I would say, rather splendidly by uh, Romola Gary. I, I She's she a bit very... of a revelation, actually, because I've only yeah. ever seen her playing sort of uptight, posh people. Mm. And she's very dowdy and very down-to-earth and very, very unkempt in this. And I'm I trying really to think it, what else she would have been like that in. I'm sure there's other things. Basically, you see Sam, he's a bit obsessed with death. He sees, like, this boy being bullied on the school bus sort of being, um, not throttled, is he? Sort of being almost suffocated by some other boys, some bigger boys. You and... say suffocated, I say throttled. It's uh, tomato, tomato. <laughs> but, um, and he basically forms a friendship with this boy, um, but then tries to drown him at some point or puts his head under the water. It's a very weird, there's a very yeah. weird sequence and, in and the swimming baths. There's a lot of weird sequences in this. Yeah. The other part of it is that Daniel Mays, uh, who we also like, uh, comes to this area. Do we know where it is, where they live? No, I, well, if we do, I don't know now. <laughs> um, he comes with his daughter, Chrissy, played by an, another um, newcomer, Lara Peak. They've come because his mother is, is poorly, her grandmother. She starts at the same school as Sam. On her first or second day, decides to set the lab on fire, the chemistry lab, as you do. Mm. Sam takes the blame for it. You think there's a bit of an attraction there. And then we sort of fast forward to near the end um, at the hospital where his mum works. He sort of helps out, reads to uh, the guy from Mum, who was in this, wasn't he? Carl yeah. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Um, And ends up uh, killing him at the end of this. Um, I, I'm guessing he upped his dose of morphine and... Uh, 
He, that That's was the your, end of... Uh, all your medical training coming into play yeah, there. Yeah, I know. That, yeah. The other element of this is that Jenny, who's the Romola Garrick character, has got a, a note through. She's got to give a victim statement. Someone's coming out of prison. And we sort of put two together by the end. We learn it's um, Sam's dad. Obviously, he's got a violent past. And that's why Sam is acting in the way he it's is. Happy because Valley. As, as the title would suggest, he is, is he born, born to, to kill. kill. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't been a more obvious title since MasterChef, I don't think. Yeah. Walks with my dog on Channel 4. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. There were bits of it where I was engaged, and there were other bits where it felt like an art film. I would say, yeah, I would say the performances, certainly Romola Gary and Lara Peek, who played Chrissy, I really liked. The music I quite liked, it reminded me of Utopia, the sort of off putting, sort of spinkly, spinkly music. It was trying almost to be that sort of fly on the wall experimental that it almost came off as amateurish. I don't know if you agree. The subject matter was dark, obviously, but it was also too dark to look at. I just wanted to turn the brightness up on my monitor. It was just, it did, it made me tired. I was not engaged with it at all. And it, well, I was really disappointed because it's one of the rare cases where you go in. I wasn't necessarily had high expectations, no. but I thought well, this is something new, something different. It just sort of plodded along, really, didn't it? You thought it know. took too long to get to the yeah, point. Too long. It took too long. And and I don't know how invested I am to go back for more. No, I, I agree. I don't think I will. I mean, the only sort of draw is the fact that we know Richard Coyle is coming into it as the the dad character, and I like I do like Richard Coyle. So yeah, what as the evil dad? Yeah, did you not see oh. him at the end in the coming soon bit? Oh no, I didn't. Perhaps see that bit. No, no, no. no it was coming. You saw him mm. like in prison and reciting. Hello, son, it's your dad, or something similar See, to that. See, my, my only quibble about not going back is it could get more interesting when mm-hmm. the dad turns up. And but I, seeing I, I, what's don't, I happen... don't like the speed of it. I think it's just a little too slow for me. I do like the fact that the Chrissy character isn't just like this like innocent victim girl that he's going to sort of, you know, groom or kill or something like that. You know, she's a bit of a handful as well and that's what he sort of and that to. that scene in the uh swimming bath we alluded to where he drowns the guy he saved from bullying mm-hmm. although it's supposed to make you uneasy it well it, it did make me feel uneasy but i also i hate to say this because we say this about everything lately i didn't buy it i was never you mm. know I, did, I didn't buy him i don't think he did feel at times that engaging. i was watching like some sort of public service announcement mm. or something like mm. that you know like a a film made as a, like an advert or something. Yeah, it, it looks very filmic, didn't it? Yeah. It didn't feel like a TV drama. Perhaps that's uh, Poor I... old Daniel Mays. Again, another drama where he's got very little to do. Like this Angorilla, mm. I think he had about 10 minutes screen time combined in yeah. both. I was disappointed and I, I have normal faith in a Channel 4 drama, but not then. Shame. Mm. It, didn't, it didn't make me think anything. In fact, if we weren't podcasting... I'd have not spoken about this to anyone and I wouldn't be watching Uh-oh. it on Thursday night. Born to Kill fails to thrill. Should we just talk to so Car Share after it aired, the first episode aired on the telly last week, mm. last Tuesday, and then the rest of the episodes, two to four, were available on iPlayer. Luke, you put a uh, poll on Twitter, did you not? I did, to ask I did. If people have been... I, got an email. I got an email. Well, I got an email 
Well, everybody got an email who gets emails from the press office saying it had broken iPlayer record 2.5 million requests. And I thought, yeah, that's good. It's not massive, though, is it? 2.5 million requests. So I just, to match their 2.5, I, I polled my 2000 Twitter followers and just said, Do, have you watched it? And the majority have, actually, already I didn't reply. on it. And, of course, I did as well. I can't decide whether I did the right thing or the wrong thing. I know what a, you mean. It's a very easy show to just stick on and watch. Because mm. I was a bit ill last week, so I thought oh, I'll snuggle up and watch episode oh, three. And uh, bless. Watch, watch episode four. Should we talk about the poignant final scene? Yeah, the poignant. Well, the poignant final episode. I will never listen to that Billy Ocean track again. No. And not think. Well, of get this. into my and car. The, uh, get out. No. Of my uh, red light smells light. danger. Basically, there was the whole. How do we feel about it? each other sort well, of no, conversation. Well, what it was is that that was such excitement to them. They said he said Peter Kaycat said, I love this, I love being in a car with you, I love us singing and he was and then that led her down to Well what are we? Are we are we friends? Are we not you know, are we more than friends? Are we just going through the motions here? And throughout it he was sort of turning up the radio, making you think that he wanted to avoid the conversation when actually He'd put out a request for her on the radio to for the DJ of Forever FM to let her know his feelings, and by that time she'd left the car a bit. Nobody puts Kaylee in the corner, and and then they played Kaylee by Marillion. But yeah, and then there was a sequence which I couldn't work out whether it was genuine or not. Where Peter K, they're all stuck in a traffic jam. She gets in a taxi, and he walks over the tops of cars to reach her in a taxi. And you, all the time I was watching it. I was caught up in the moment, but I was thinking, is this happening? Is it not happening? And then it cuts to the fact that Peter's back in his car, telling his nan there's keys in, keys in the fridge, which is how it began. So it's sort of left with them not in the best of places, really. And that is it. And I don't I haven't had confirmation of what's going to happen next, if anything at all. Tina's been in touch again. Fix it, and Tina. She, she says, <laughs> I have a question for Luke about car share. I just okay. watched the new series this weekend and enjoyed it, but the last episode was frustrating. Do you think there's a possibility they'll do a car share Christmas special or a couple of episodes, and maybe that's why we just got the four episodes so far? Since there's so much talk of John's Christmas team, I'm hoping that's the case. Tina, hello. Um, I thought that last year, because they talked a lot in Series 1 about, not last year, 2015, they talked a lot about the Christmas team in that, and I was sure that was a sign that there was going to be a Christmas special. All I can tell you for sure is that Peter Kay said no to a Christmas special because they need as much light as they can when they film that show. That's why he wouldn't film at Christmas because here it gets dark at like four in the afternoon. Yeah, but we all know Christmas episodes time. are filmed in July, so... Yeah, I know, but they're outside all the time. So it, would look a, it would look a bit wrong. I hope they're going to do more, but Peter Kay's a bit of an enigma. He doesn't mm. do much of the same thing for very long. What what did you actually think, Matt? Though of 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 the series I, as I a whole, I agree with, and you also got a response from uh, Sharon Rooney, didn't you? Who didn't realize I did, that was yeah. the last episode? Yeah, we 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 were talking. It was myself and and Sharon Rooney and Sarah Phelps were talking all <laughs> after, all afternoon on Twitter through direct messaging because we didn't know whether we were allowed to spoil it or not, and it did upset me a bit because I think 
it can't end there, surely. And if it yeah. doesn't end there, I we've got a, we've got a long we've there. got a long time yeah. to wait because we had two years. I think years. there'll be more. I think there'll be more, but I don't think they'll come as soon as Tina Anytime wants them soon. to. No, I don't yeah. think so either. I think eventually he might do the odd one here or there. But as you say, you can never say Peter Kay's really quite odd. Mm. You, know, you can never you never feel like you're getting the real Peter Kay when you see him. In he he does <laughs> feel like to me the sort of person that doesn't linger on a project that when he's done it and when it's made success he moves on i i you know, was he... quite surprised we got a second series of car share i was even more disappointed that it was just four but i, We've I only had really... nine you think that's because share. of the success of carpool karaoke with james corden no no it's <laughs> no. The, the success of car share i don't know he's a bit of an enigma and yet i don't well, know when you see him, i just think just... he doesn't like to settle i think he this likes to just... move on and do something new Pick of the week. I'll go for Line of Duty then again. Episode 5, the penultimate episode of Line of Duty. Even though at the end of every episode, my mum goes, oh, is it going to be the last, last one next week? No. There's, there's two more. There's, <laughs> well, yeah. ne- next week, you can say yes. Do you want to ask next week? You can bet your bottom dollars you're not yeah. going to ask. <laughs> uh, I'll go next and say that you should watch Maygray on uh, the ITV Hub. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Unbelievable. No, I, uh, g- genuinely, I don't think there's much on next week that piques my attention. So if you didn't get a chance to watch Maygray, I would highly recommend it. <laughs> and <laughs> I will pick something else on ITV, which Ooh. is intriguing. And I saw a trailer during Broadway church last night which was little boy blue written by jeff pope who we know from uh things starring sheridan smith mainly yeah. stars stephen graham um mm. and it tells the story of the murder of 11 year old reese jones in uh, croxteth liverpool in 2007 it explores his parents ordeal and uh, the story of how reese's murder and his associates were eventually brought to justice and it's the final big little lies on monday as well on on Sky Atlantic at nine. And um, Luke will be talking about it next week. I've almost finished thirteen uh, reasons why as well. I'm, I'm on the last episode. The last reason. Um, yeah. A lot I, of people. Yeah, a lot I, of. I, I read the plot synopsis of it and and realised that I I was right. You did the right thing. Episode nine was a turning point for me. It was, was... <laughs> God, episode nine was a turning point. God. Yeah, they went they went in a different direction. That nine. is a <laughs> that if, that is a depressing sentence right there. <laughs> Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I uh, brought some some schema to your life. Social media is about to get hit by a load of us in the face. Ugh. Twitter, um, thecustardtv.com uh, for the website. Twitter's though, at LukeCustardTV for me. Gary, what's yours? At the Gary Show. Matt, what's Gary's? At the Gary Show. And uh, Matt, what's Matt's? <laughs> at Matt's TV, right? <laughs> Okay, uh, give us a poke. Gary has another good poke in years on oh, Facebook. Shout out, shout out oh. time. Oh, hey, here we go. Hey, Hen Dervish, who went to facebook.com slash the custard TV to like us. We're on 197 likes, so be number 200. Come on, I Come on. I don't even have the ability to dream that that might even happen. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Uh, the custard TV. Is on iTunes for you to download all the latest podcasts and catch up on those you haven't heard. If you don't want to listen to the whole podcast, though, various reviews can be found spotted across our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash thecustardtv. And we have an email address to which Matt has all the details. Yes, if you'd like to get in touch like, like Tina and Elizabeth and other 
uh, listeners, then uh, custardtvreviews at gmail.com. We would really like some questions for our Q&A podcast, so get some in quickly because we'll record it soonish. I, I'd like to know uh, if we've got any international listeners outside. We've had some from the States. We've had our Australian listener. Come Where on, do Africa. you listen from? If you live outside the UK, um, please get in touch and tell us what you think of the show and what your sort of TV viewing habits are like. And is there any shows from your particular neck of the woods that we should be uh, watching? That's custardtvreviews at gmail.com. We'll be back soon, um, probably next week, but you can't guarantee it. The Custard TV Podcast. Bye. 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 Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.